0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Biomass. I think we're on episode 147. Uh, A bit of a smaller crew this week. Uh, Jay unfortunately could not be with us, but we have everyone else with us, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Soraya Zell.
1: Hi, I'm Soraya Zell. Um, I am uh, a co-host here on the show. Um, I play a few video games here and there, and uh, that's about it.
0: All
2: right, and B? What's up everybody? I'm Bait and I stream video games.
0: Okay, and Livy?
2: Hi, I'm Livy, uh, lifestyle and now food blogger, and I do uh, video games as well.
0: Yes, we all play games in the show. Big surprise, I you're all shocked. Um, I'm, I'm Pokey Draven. I help uh, host the show here, write for the blog occasionally, and uh, I also play video games. Uh, but before we get into gaming, uh, let me get my my bottle of uh, my bottle of Jack out here and and you know start feeling some pain. And we'll, we're going to have um, Bate and Zell uh, give their thoughts on Logan. We kind of talked about it um, before the show here and decided to do our spoiler version next week. So you have another week to go see the show without having to worry about spoilers. But they're going to kind of give uh, what. Livy, uh, myself and Jay gave last week kind of a spoiler free review of their thoughts on the film. So uh Bait and Zell, let's take it away.
1: Yeah, um I I this movie was great. It was really fantastic. Um, you know, it, it earned its R rating, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't the sort of movie that I've seen that are R that I don't want to see. Um it, it really just it it met what it needed to as a story and that was that. Um there was a particular F bomb and I will I will specify which one it was next week. Um, that was definitely the one that they would have used if they had to only use one, if they were PG 13, it was just, it was just so perfect. Um, I cracked up, I died laughing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was just great. Patrick Stewart did a wonderful job. Um, that's, that's what I got. Uh,
2: I, I enjoyed it as well. Um, really, really solid film. Definitely earned, uh, (laughs) definitely earned its R rating, um, uh, There's a lot of very memorable scenes uh, in in the film. I thought uh, overall, you know, like I said, Patrick Stewart. Patrick Stewart for me was the best part of the film, um, and then, you know, it, it was good. It was good. I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, pretty solid. Like like you both said, it it definitely earned its its R rating, but it was it was necessary, and I don't think over the top. In in it wasn't like Deadpool levels. Like, hey, we're rated R. We're going to see how far we can push this to be rated R. It was more of a we need theory and art to, to to handle a couple key aspects of, of what we want to show and and they did. And I think it was it was well done. Uh, but yeah, I think this film is actually kind of being considered as a contender for for you know uh, best film award. It's just, you know, the whole but it's a superhero film, which is kind of uh, it's gonna be interesting, I think, to see how, how it does in, in upcoming awards, just because it you don't typically see superhero films starting to win awards like that but at the same time it's as I'm sure you both agree not your typical superhero film so I, I'm looking forward to see how it does uh in, in future stuff when are those award shows are they they're at the end of the year aren't they ooh good question I'm not prepared to answer because
2: that. if they are, it's not gonna win i'll tell you that but they it used... should probably
1: award shows are usually it, like January and February respectively oh yeah, no um it, it will win that of the it'll next, you know, of the following year.
2: Yeah, nope, it'll be forgotten then. Which is, yeah, a shame.
0: The, but the Oscars were the March 4th, and then should be the, um, it's all freaking music awards after that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Then no, it, people are going to forget about it, I think. Mark my That's words. That's a shame. But, you know, it, 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 I think it's, it's definitely deserving of, of a nomination at the very least. But yeah, it's, it's, really solid stuff and and like i said we'll we'll definitely get into kind of more of a a spoiler territory next week um i know we said we're gonna do it this week but things that we talked about in Give you guys extra week to kind of go check it out. I want to ruin it for you, so it's uh, it's a good film. Definitely go see it. And Jay's really not here. Shit. And you Jay's know. not here. That's, that's just... a good point. We I, I didn't realize that Jay was going to be here until just before the show started. So um, yeah, so it's it's good stuff. And, and if he's back next week, that'll be great. But uh, we'll we'll kind of again discuss it more in depth and and go over our more specific thoughts uh, next week when we we have everyone back. Uh, but we
2: had the Deadpool trailer. I was upset.
0: Really. No, it didn't. Not that, wow, not, not before not, the film? Not before
2: the film and not after.
1: Well, they wouldn't have done after, but it should have been before. That's yeah, very strange. Not, I
2: did not get one before.
0: What I
1: got
2: what a theater to go to. A, what theater? I went to. Oh, shit, what is it? It's a Regal, I think.
0: Mm, okay. <laughs> well, screw Regal.
1: Regal sucks.
2: Yeah, I had gift cards, man. Mine was basically free.
1: I have a gift so, card. I have a gift card to Regal for like thirty cents or something. No, twenty eight cents. Twenty eight cents. I have a gift card over here that's twenty eight cents to Regal Cinemas.
2: To um, go use it, buy part of like a <laughs> buy part of like an icy sixteenth
1: of an IC. Well, that's the thing is like you know. The, I went to this thing. Um, I went to the showing uh, for. Uh, this was actually how I saw Rogue One Was I went with my insurance company they, It was kind of a, a free showing And not only is it a free showing But they give you a $5 gift card to spend in the concession stand Which sounds awesome until you realize That the only thing you can buy For less than $5 Is
0: water <laughs> and, and that's probably pretty close to 5 bucks. <laughs>
1: it's pretty close, to, close five. to 5 bucks For the water, that's how you end up with 28
0: cents left on your gift card What theater did you go to? Was it a regal? That's a regal <laughs> as i said screw eagle they suck
1: it's well, too expensive
0: man i you, yeah, used to go in like for like you know 10 bucks you get like a popcorn and a drink and it was like okay yeah it's reasonable now it's like 25 bucks to get anything decent plus that the, the movie you know. tickets you know 10 12 now for a normal showing god would help you if it's 3d or imax 10 dollars to just see movie pokey stop being old man come on i, I know that's that was like so, six months ago. $45 is the new $10, man. Get with it. <laughs> and people wonder why I'm so selective when I see films. I'm like, oh, yeah, was, I, no I can wait until, I get to the cheap seats, you know, for, for yep. two bucks, you know. Yeah, it's – they need, like, like a mid-tier, like, something that's not quite, like, release quality. Like, fit theater, but not, like, you know, your feet stick to the floor because the soda hasn't been cleaned off in six months <laughs> theater. Like, mm-hmm. something, like, you know, like, five, five, five eight bucks. I can handle that. But, man, the prices these days, it's, it's nasty. Yep. Do they uh-huh. price movies
2: based on ratings? Like, if I'm going to see an R movie, am I going to go pay a little bit more for my ticket than if I were going to say to see, say, like a, I don't know, a PG-13 movie or a PG movie?
0: Mm, it's always the same price for me regardless. Unless <laughs> it's some, you know, special deal that, mm-hmm. that they're selling. <laughs> but yeah, so speaking of other films, uh, there is a new Wonder Woman trailer that came out uh, pretty recently here and and i think you guys all took a look at it so what are your thoughts on that and i know you you just saw right before the show bait
2: yeah i thought the beginning was kind of dumb i get it's an origin story but man it looks like the most dry and predictable origin story ever i mean they gave it away in the like fucking was it first maybe 30 seconds of the trailer the end of the trailer looked pretty cool but like uh, i don't know man
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, the first trailer that we saw was kind of the second half of the movie where it's the, you know, actiony shooty bits, which are, you know, probably the more exciting bit. And then this most recent one is is definitely more of the going into the origins where she's a child on the island and she's training and and how that leads to her getting all the gear and stuff like that. And I I get the feeling that that's probably not going to be. Even the majority of the film, it's probably like you know, 35 thirty thirty five percent of the film will probably be that, and look into the actual, you know what she's doing over in in uh, London. I guess is the setting um, for probably most of the film. So I, I I'm not too concerned about it being too dry. I mean, it, it comes with the territory that the beginning of these origin films is always kind of a bit uh, slow, so to speak. Would you think, uh, Zell?
1: It's it's the next Cap- it's it's going to be the next Captain America movie, basically the the mm-hmm. the old. Period piece, you know, we have to catch this person up into the modern era sometime in the next film when we group him in with everybody else. Dot, da, 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 whatever. Um, it, it just feels so very Captain America to me, except for the fact that I know Marvel did it better.
0: It's It really does kind of fall on the same lines. It's, you know, going into wartime, and it's this person who's basically superhuman fighting Nazis. And yeah, the, the, the feel of it, even like the uh, aesthetic was was very similar, I think, kind of the dingy, dark grays. I mean, that's obviously for, for storytelling, because London at that time was filthy, but – uh it has that same feel to it and and we'll we'll see how how they do i mean it looks it looks good i mean in terms of you know cinematography it looks pretty solid but it's a matter of how how well they spin the origin story and and keep it interesting engaging and and like you said they're going to there's going to be pretty obvious comparisons to captain america because again it's kind of the same overarching plot in terms of you know Mythical character, almost like story, coming to the, the you know the future time and, and getting caught up and everything like that. So, we'll we'll have to see, but uh, trailer does look good. You guys should go check it out if you haven't seen it. Uh, Wonder Woman is releasing on June second this year, so be sure to check that out if you're interested.
2: One more thing about. Th- I- uh, I did like the color contrast, right? So at the beginning of the trailer, you had all these nice bright greens and blues and, and, and whatnot for the island that she's on. Then you cut uh, about halfway through or whatever, and she's in London, all dark and everything. I, for some reason, that that color contrast really, really uh, did me a good. I liked it.
0: It, it reminded me a bit of uh, the opening sequence from Sweeney Todd, where he's singing about how basically London is a complete shithole. Um, <laughs> because she comments when she gets it, she's like, wow, it's really hideous here. And, and the guy says, like, like, eh, well, it's not for everyone because, you know, this is, industrial revolution it's you know it, it is very different from from what she would be used to on the island which is very green and lush so uh yeah it was that was it, it, like i said it, it's good for the overall aesthetic it just also reminded me quite a bit of uh, of captain america so going into gaming news here and i, I know that that zell and, and bait will squeal in delight so Mass Effect Andromeda is coming out real quick here, um, really really soon. And there is a, a launch trailer that came out a little bit early, um, <laughs> earlier than I expected. But uh, you guys saw that launch trailer. What were your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm excited. The only the only thing that really struck me in just a couple moments is that I don't. I feel like they need better animators for their for their character rigging. It's it. There are a couple of movements there that felt like I was still playing Mass Effect Two.
2: Yep. God, the landscapes just look so pretty though. Going back yeah, through, I've got to pay it the, does, the background yeah. as I'm, as I'm um, going through,
1: but and if you've actually paid attention, the trailers have actually kind of um almost kind of spoiled a little bit of story as they go because they there was a there was a video that came out um I wanna say a week or two ago that was like, you know, previewing like the the five golden worlds that they had planned out, you know, to to consider for colonization. Um and then this video, of course, very early on, is like, yeah, they—they're all not going to pan out. We're screwed. Um, so they've—they've they've kind of been given a little bit of a story as they go here too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it all looks—it looks pretty solid. I mean, it's—it's uh, it's interesting how they've done um, the male and female version of the character, opposed to like the original trilogy, where you would pick a male or a female character and. You know, they just kind of replace the the pronouns, you know, he, she, uh, throughout the the game. But in this one, it seems that it's actually um, a pair of siblings, right? It's a it's a it's boy and a girl that are siblings. And then you, uh, presumably, when you pick a male or a female character, you play as, you know, one or the other. Um, and their place in the story is, is probably swapped just so it's the same narrative overall. But I, I thought that was kind of an interesting uh, interesting way of doing it, rather than just doing an actual gender swap on the character
1: honestly there's probably a good reason for that is you know um i actually have never played through mass effect again as uh the female character but i've always heard that uh the um jennifer hales acting for that was far superior i've heard it was just it was just better better acting um and until the eventual date where i get through you know go back and play through again i'm i'm not going to experience that um and so i I think this may just be the goal being to get people to experience the entire amount of the content they work you know worked on because really that's that's a huge chunk of the original game you may never have experienced, which
2: is kind of sad though because I mean like to me, I've I played through um, at least three uh both male and female shepherd, and um male Shepherd just seemed like dull. you get me like he's all military,
1: army, shoot shit. Well, he's, he, you know, and it's one of those things... One-dimensional. They want you to... to to they, The whole idea is for the main character to be generic so that you fill, fill in yourself. I mean, that's that's kind of a, a story choice, I think, to some degrees.
2: Well, but in, in contrast to that, and, and maybe this is just my personal opinion, I felt like, well, it is my personal opinion, but I don't know, maybe, maybe it's... I I felt like that the FemShet was more dynamic i guess
0: if if that makes sense and, and I mean that can come down to just the quality of the voice actor too. I mean, you and yeah, as, as someone, I actually, as you probably know, I watch a lot of anime, and you get um, it's always a, a big question of you know, do you go with the Japanese or the English? And for me, I, I don't tend to have a preference. It's whichever um, voice actor I think provides a, a better, more dynamic, um, you know, believable uh, performance. And in many cases, I'll, I'll have shows that I actually prefer in English because I I just felt the act just did a better job. Um, it's not necessarily that the characterization is bad because it's obviously the same character but you know the actor just i i i related with it or felt that they just you know made that character shine a bit better um than the alternative so i mean this this might be kind of an example of that but uh but yeah i mean it's it's interesting to see you know choices in voice acting particularly like like zell zed you're trying to be um as generic as possible we kind of discussed this a bit um, a few months ago i think about you know uh, connecting with characters in role-playing games and if you're emotionally attached to them. And and we talked about Mass Effect being, you know, it's meant to be kind of a blank, sli- a blank slate where you project yourself onto that character. And so you kind of run into this difficult, you know, dichotomy of do you want it to be very plain so you can, you know, kind of, put yourself in their in their shoes and, and kind of get into their headspace or do you want to be more dynamic and, and kind of give them almost a, a voice of their own, which can kind of remove that that sense of immersion where you are, you know, projecting yourself out of the character. But like like you said, Bait it comes off as less flat. It's a little more a little more engaging and exciting and gives a, a more two-dimensional or three-dimensional feel to the character rather than being very straightforward. So I think it's kind of a difficult choice to make, but, uh, you know, it, it, it can go either way. I think it depends on, on the player and what they want to get from that experience. So speaking of voice acting, uh, one thing that did come up, they were talking a bit about all of the Mass Effect stuff at PAX East. That was, well, it's actually still ongoing or just ended today. Uh And they're saying that there are about twelve hundred speaking characters in Mass Effect Andromeda compared to Mass Effect Three, which had around six hundred and seventy. Uh, so that kind of gives you a, a scope of, of what to kind of expect in terms of world building and the kinds of you know, people you interact with. Uh, the interviewer did ask, uh, does that include like shopkeepers? You know, is it just the random NBCs that, you know, have like one line of dialogue and, and that's it? And he said, no, it, it's like one step above that. So when you look at that, that 1200 uh, speaking character number, it, it's kind of like shopkeepers are not included, but everyone above that would be part of that. So, you know, random shit. Crewmates, you know, talking in the hallway, stuff like that. But uh, still, that's that's pretty impressive for for a, in terms of, you know, how many characters you have in a game uh, that you can walk by. And it does kind of give a sense that the world is alive rather than, you know, six NPCs scattered around town that will actually say something and the rest are text-based. Um, I, I think it does kind of show what kind of depth they want to give to this world, which is pretty impressive.
2: It is really impressive. And I would think that, uh, you know, a majority... Of, of these twelve hundred characters, will will give you some sort of quest, and for some reason, that got me think: is that too much? Right? Is there a point where you just have too much content, especially in in what I'm going to call an open world RPG?
0: Does, <laughs> do, does do, that you make wanna, do you want to do you want to answer <Wait>. that question? <laughs> You're just well, okay,
2: that. okay. A, a, as far as questing goes right as far as story not useless bullshit like oh my god we have 18 quintillion planets that have no quests that's <laughs> it's stupid but like actual meaningful quests is a is uh, that going to uh, change uh, your answer or are you just i wish go there go was free?
1: i wish there was more content in mass effect not less and I, I i mean there's definitely a bar where i think you can cross um i honestly i you know i've been playing breath of the wild lately and i think it might have too much content um it might be too big. Um, I kind of like the somewhat directed gameplay of, of Mass Effect, but I I mean, I want more Mass Effect than I have. So, you know, it's it's a hard line to, to find.
0: I, I think the important word you use there is is meaningful content. Because, I mean, you can talk about Fallout 4, and hey, General, there's another settlement I need you to help. You can have infinite content, but after a while, you're basically repeating the same basic formula of what that quest is, and it might have a different skin on it, maybe in a different location, but the the gameplay itself doesn't vary that much. And I understand that, that duplicate duplicate quests happen, that's fine. I mean, but most games have kind of like a, a handful of, of formats they follow for quests, and in Pretty much everything falls into those formats, but after a while, it's like, okay, yeah, I've done this before. It might be a different guy I'm shooting, but it's still the exact same procedure I'm going through to do that. And I, I think at, once you get to like a certain saturation level, it's like, okay, enough is enough. I don't need more of this. If you can't make it a little more interesting, more is not going to make me feel like I'm getting more out of the experience. Now, that being said, I don't think there's actually 1200 quest givers in the game, like a lot of it's probably you know people you're passing by and in, in the ship that are are delivering a bit of lore dialogue yeah, one, important, one level but... above
1: shopkeepers yeah. includes the couple of people standing randomly in hallways that if you stand if you stand near them you'll hear like two or three people conversing about something random and stupid you know for a while
0: yeah for sure so i mean i i wouldn't i wouldn't go as far to think that you've got 1200 side quests that you have to yeah. but uh but yeah i mean it's it is it's like Sal said it's a hard line where you want you want to get along for your money. I'm I'm really a big opponent on gameplay per price point where I, I want a certain amount of time out of a game for every dollar I spend on. That's that's important to me. But I don't want to be filled with filler, you know. Um so it, it kind of comes down to how much can you press that limit of this is kind of samey before it gets annoying. Uh it's my biggest problem with open world games is that it gets really samey really quickly, um, which is my my biggest beef. But if they can avoid that and if they can make the, the momentum gameplay really fun so I don't care that I'm doing the same thing again because I really enjoy it then that's awesome like that's kind of the end goal right well um, I mean if yeah. you
1: look at Mass Effect their so called side side quests or optional quests are generally I mean that's that's kind of where I'd loop in the, the loyalty missions and stuff which are really extensive high quality quests with you know good solid voice acting storylines stuff like that I would, I would literally pay for more side quests like content for mass effect of that of that caliber i'd i'd pay for that all the time i'd give me a monthly subscription where you add one a month i'd love it um but uh you know and i think that's a, a very different bar from the side quests you find in in games that don't do the full voice acting and cinematics and stuff like that for for each and every quest
0: yeah and there's something to be said for for mixing it up too i find that if you've got some side quests that are kind of samey, but if you break them up with really high quality side quests, like you like the loyalty quest. Um, and so I'm, I'm not, it, it kind of takes me out of that repetitive loop to do something a little more interesting. And then if it drops you back in that loop for a while, I'm fine with that. You know, I, I think that a lot of games actually do that quite well. Like uh, Borderlands is a good example. There's a lot of samey quests you do in Borderlands, but there is also some really high quality stuff you do that kind of breaks up the experience and, and, and stops that monotony from really setting in. I think you can, again kind of push it a little bit further when you do that so you know again there's there's a lot of factors involved but it can be done well um and i i think that uh, mass effect as a franchise has done a pretty good job I and mean, i haven't personally played it but i've read quite a bit about it and they seem to do a pretty good job at handling their content and making it you know at least engaging for for quite a while so i, I think they'll do pretty well with this one in other mass effect news it looks like they were they were hoping to have a multiplayer uh demo or beta at least at pax and, and they. Decided a few weeks ago that they just they couldn't do it. They weren't ready for. we said it's a long story, but unfortunately, multiplayer was not uh, available at PAX East uh, this weekend. Um, but it, it is it is interesting. I didn't realize they had multiplayer until just recently, and it's it's kind of cool sounding. It's it's not so much like a co-op do the story together per se, um, but it is kind of a, a smaller, more enclosed horde mode, as they said. It's a bit like yours of War horde mode. Um, so you know that 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 can be pretty fun it's uh you know it's probably not like an experience you're going to pick up and play for a really long period of time but it uh it does sound pretty interesting anything else in the mass effect guys before we move along all right well that game is coming out on march 21st so you know like i said it's it's Probably when this episode comes out, like, a week. So if you're planning on pre-ordering for whatever pre-order bonuses they have, make sure you hop on that because time is running out. Uh, in other space-related news, and, and this is a topic that Ripley Riley actually brought to my attention, uh, he said he'll come on the show once he's played a bit more and give a more in-depth review, but No Man's Sky had patch 1.2, which they're calling, funny enough, the Pathfinder patch. <laughs> does it does uh, it have another quintillion planets added? It actually did not add planets. Um, It did add a number of things, though. Uh, So, in the 1.1 patch, uh, you could build kind of like planetary bases, right? You can have these little modules you'd pick up and you could snap them together and and build these bases. And they would kind of act as like hub points where you could store resources and process stuff. And, you know, just tried to kind of add a level of you can build something rather than just wander around aimlessly. Well, in the 1.2 patch, those bases are now shareable. So if I'm understanding correctly basically you can build a base on a planet and if someone happens to scan that planet, he lands on the planet and scans around, they can find your base. You you won't be in there obviously, it's huh. it's still a single player game, but you can find what other players have built, which is actually that's actually pretty cool. I think that that's that's a pretty reasonable way of kind of adding meta multiplayer to a, a single player game if if they're honest about it um just kind of seeing the influence of of other people in your game is is actually pretty cool
2: now i'm old enough to remember when they said that you would be able to see your friends uh walking around <laughs> on the planet in this game i is this is this patch out yet is it live
0: <laughs> well, uh, the the patch is out, but the uh, the seeing your friends is is probably never going to be happening. Well, to be honest,
2: the the the, the base building it, has yeah, anybody yeah. confirmed that that's that, that that works?
0: Um, you know, I've have have not it? checked if someone's actually found a base that someone else uh. has built. So we will we will see um, if if they were being true to their word. I, I would hope that they've learned their lesson, but you know, mm-hmm. who the hell knows this this whole thing is is pretty pretty crazy. Um, on top. Of, oh, sorry, go ahead. All this stuff that's on that list, uh, from what it looks like,
2: a lot of it. Are they still trying to put in what they promised at the beginning of the game? Because this doesn't look like it.
0: I don't know if they're trying, but this certainly is not. What they were promising. Okay. I don't think I don't think that you know, I, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I'm not sure if they'll ever actually get to the point that they had initially described because they were kind of in that, sure, yeah. Whatever you want, just mm-hmm. just uh, just give us money. I mean, we're we're not we're not Robert Space Industries, but but really, give us money. Um, <laughs> but it it does seem like they're they're trying to at least improve upon the gameplay they they actually did deliver. So, like for example, they added Exa vehicles, which are basically uh, land vehicles. They're they're little rovers you can drive around, and they're customizable and upgradable. So they they kind of behave a bit like the ships do. And and this is more of kind of a quality of life thing where you can you know, you aren't just forced to run around on a planet, you can actually kind of go further and, and look around, you don't have to fly your ship all over the place, and, and you can you can do some cool stuff, and you know, it's got signal boosters and all kinds of stuff on it so, I mean, there is some more stuff you can do with the with the new vehicles, but again it's it's more of kind of improving the game they have, not so much building that promise that they they had you know, spun for, for quite a long time and, and obviously didn't deliver on well, the,
2: the quality of life stuff is, is nice and everything, but i, I I am of the opinion that you should probably try to deliver the game that you promised to the best of your ability. And if you can't come out and say it, which, I mean, obviously, I don't know what's going on at Hello Games, but I feel like if if that's the case, if they can't produce what they promised, they should just come out and say it. Now, will that, I don't know, take away from the bad rep that the game has gotten? No, probably not, but at least they're coming clean about it. And Then, if they want to continue to do stuff like this, then yeah, go for it.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and we'll, we'll we'll get to some another few examples of that later. But yeah, I mean, you you've kind of got that awkward, yeah, we're totally giving you content, and it it's not what you want, but we're but really, this is content. You should be happy with this, um, and you know it's you would hope that the game companies would be a bit more open unfortunately we see time and time again that they typically are not they like to kind of keep it hush hush and in put on the the smiley face and then say everything is fine as the house burns down around them but you know it's it's unfortunate when when they kind of take the less less open approach as as much as we probably like the other other way to happen but yeah so in this in this patch there's there's some other things better stability frames per second uh there is a permadeath mode so if you you know you can go into this mode it's it's there's kind of the you know story mode survival mode and this is the permadeath mode so if you die your game resets and and you're done um and there's there's new achievements for that so if you can get to the center of the galaxy or the universe you know, uh, without dying, there's this new trophies for that if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, they did add PS4 Pro support, so you can get 4K resolution if you have a PS4 Pro, and, and also a photo mode so you can uh, take photos, kind of a. Uh, it lets you pose things and, and change the time of day so you can kind of get a specific shot if you like. Um, and, and that's kind of the thing we see a lot of games popping up with now. I think that developers put that in because it's a great way to kind of promo the game through the players where it's like, hey, look how pretty our game is. These players produce all these awesome photos that you can take a look at. So I think we'll probably see that sort of thing popping up in a lot of games. But uh, No Man's Sky has it now in the 1.2 patch, which is out because, uh, like I said, Ripley Riley kind of brought this to my attention. He picked up the game to try the 1.2 patch out. Uh, it, it, it's the stuff they added caused him to buy the game, but he, you know, he says it's understandable. It still has a lot of issues, um, which is why a lot of people still probably are not hopping on the train, just because it's, uh, it definitely didn't deliver on the original promise. So, like I said, uh, he's going to play that a bit more, uh, probably get back to us in a week or two and kind of give his more in-depth thoughts about the game uh, and how it's evolved since, you know, the 1.0 initial release, which was <laughs> always an interesting topic. Uh, another game that's coming out, or rather is out, but they they're teasing it packs. PAX. Uh, Elite Dangerous had a new trailer, and and you'll probably remember uh, several months ago we talked about how a, a player, or rather a, a series of players, while playing Elite Dangerous, uh, were basically pulled out of warp and kind of scanned by this weird organic alien ship, and then were allowed to continue on their way. Uh, so this new trailer from Elite Dangerous basically shows uh, a number of things, and and someone who's more versed in the game could probably comment a bit more in detail what they're showing but basically it showed players on like a planet surface kind of bombing around in in a uh a rover and suddenly they they look up and this looming shadow of one of these alien ships kind of appears over them and and it, it cuts to the title so you know not a whole lot of concrete data on on what this is it what this is or when this update's coming but basically uh, kind of a, an ominous feel to it I, i'm not sure if the aliens are are so friendly as, as they once were in uh in the earlier builds of the game so it'll be interesting to see
1: i think uh, i think no concrete detail is the best way for them to go with this i mean oh, yeah. what they you know what they did initially was to just kind of s- sneak it in the code there and surprise people with this happening um and and i think that that's a really good play that really no nobody really does these days and that makes it exciting and fun and i really hope that they try and keep with that um but you know someone's gonna start digging through you know patch note code patch code and stuff and try and ruin it for everyone but i i think that that's really cool to just you know tease what's coming
0: yeah i actually agree with that quite a bit um and it's it's something that you don't you you really don't see very often where developers will put things in games and then not talk about it um they love to divulge every single detail about everything works and and while i do love transparency i think there is also some fun to be had and in putting things into the game that players kind of have to figure out on their own and discover i mean they Um, kind of
1: ccp kind of did this with eve with their whole um uh what are they called um you know whatever a
0: year ago the the drifters
1: drifters yes those but i you know I, i think the The big difference is to some degree, the actual you know game environment where you're you're in a cockpit and and you have this big spaceship just appear. Um, I, I think it has more more of a cinematic. Uh, feel when they they that off, but I, I I thought it was worth mentioning that uh, CCP really did do
0: something kind of like this. Yeah, and they had that. Uh, what's it called, Caroline Star? I, I forget what the, I think that was, yeah. what it was called. but yeah. it was it was just kind of this light off in the distance, and it was in Jove space, I believe, and and no one really knew. What the hell is going on with it? It was just there and and doing stuff. And I, I think that that really is kind of the ultimate level of immersion because, like in Elite Dangerous, you're you're flying around and suddenly you're like abducted. Like what your character's going? What the fuck? You're going? What the fuck? Like what is this? I have no idea what's going on. This is completely unheard of. It's outside of the realm of everything we've seen so far. I think that that really is kind of the the pinnacle of immersion when you can kind of make your 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 players feel as if their character actually would genuinely confused and they, they they don't really see it as a feature in a game it's more of that kind of inquisitive like oh, okay let's let's see what this is all about so and, and i i do wish that you would see more of that um from developers because it, it is interesting and, and so few do it now uh final fantasy 14 for example tried to do it this last update and they're like oh yeah this this new fight and we are not going to tell you how to get to it but it's you know it, it's going to be great and it was like a quest sitting in the middle of the hub town it was like Okay, well, you <laughs> didn't tell me what the name was, but this new random quest popped up, and and you could you know read the description. It was it kind of flopped, and it was kind of a shame. But uh, you know, Eve Online, like you said, did some good stuff with that. It was kind of this like we don't know what's going on. Players are forced to kind of figure it out. Um, obviously, uh, Illy Dangerous is doing it now, so really cool stuff. I do kind of hope they like, keep that trend up and and kind of keep that uh, that level of immersion really elevated and and, and interesting. Uh, so speaking of Final Fantasy, uh, Final Fantasy 15 is getting its first uh, paid DLC that's coming out um, pretty soon here. This is the episode Gladiolus. Uh, it's, it, this is kind of one of the the, the first part of a kind of four-part series, or rather three-part series, of uh, kind of the exploits of your uh, party members when they kind of disappear from the main story and, and they do something, you don't know what it is, and they come back. Uh, and so this is the first one featuring uh, Gladiolus. It's uh, kind of a different style of combat. Uh, same basic principle, but it's it's obviously not quite the same, because in the main game, you normally always play as one character, and, and you have just AI-controlled companions, but now you're controlling one of those AI companions, so it will be a bit different. Uh, I wouldn't spoil the trailer for you. It's it's pretty cool looking. I, I suggest you go check it out. We'll get a link in the description for the video, but uh, that is coming out uh, March 28th, so uh, about two weeks from now. So I'm looking forward to that one, and that is included in the season pass if you do own that for Final Fantasy XV. Uh, in other news, Overwatch, in its ever-growing and diverse character set. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this one's not not quite as obnoxious, once I read the details on it, as um, as the whole Tracer one. But it seems that a, uh, a player had actually written to Blizzard and asked, is, uh, I'm probably butchered the name, Symmetra? Is that how you pronounce Symmetra. it? Symmetra. Symmetra, okay. Uh, and basically asking, is Symmetra autistic? Um, and the player did receive a letter back from the game designer, and said, "Yes, you are correct. That Symmetra is an autistic character, and you know, good on you for for noticing that. And we just really wanted to show uh, that you know, even autistic people can be really awesome and, and cool. So that's that's canon, I guess. Um, it, it, I, I I'm not as annoyed with this one because it's not this big hubabaloo that they had with with." Uh, uh, tracer where they're like yeah webcom yeah, she's lesbian isn't that fantastic guys um this this came kind of from an interaction with a player um I, I still think that blizzard tries a little too hard to to tout how diverse their cast is i think it's it's great that they do it but i also think the way they're doing it is sometimes self-defeating um but yeah what are your guys thoughts on this i don't play overwatch but i know you do so um well I'm i'm also technically on the autism spectrum
1: which should surprise nobody who knows me um you know, <laughs> the thing that just struck me is we we were, I'll admit we were making we were joking about what the next um you know what the next disabled character or, or you know character with uh you know some other other personality trait that you know to to make people identify with them um it's, it's, uh, there's got to be like a, a wheelchair bound character at some point just just to check off the box, um. Oh. But, uh, no, it wasn't, it didn't feel like it was, um, like something added later. It, it does, like, I haven't specifically gone through Symmetra's voice lines or something to see, like, hey, does this fit? Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't strike me as, as surprising. Um, you know, one, one of the lines that I know Symmetra does have is, is welcome to my reality. Um, and that actually describes autism so well, um, but uh, yeah, so it, it is what it is. I mean, Blizzard has been very, very clear that they intend to um, be as inclusive and in representing as many people as possible in their characters, and this is just a continuation of that. Um, if you are bothered by it before, you're probably still bothered by it. If you weren't bothered by it before, it won't really
0: matter now either. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, you know, I'm sorry, go ahead, Libby.
2: I was going to say, and, and some people may, I'm not going to say may not have noticed, they may have said, hmm, that's different. And I'm only saying that because I watch a crap load of a show called Bubble Guppies. It's involuntary. <laughs> I have a kid, but I noticed one of the characters um, has autism. And it's only something I picked up after watching the entire first series about three times. But it's almost like, you know, that, that slow integration of there are different types of challenges that people face, you know, and it's just it's bringing a new reality to now video game. I didn't hear about this one until today, Um, but even shows and, um, you know, radio stations and all that. So I I support it. I think it's great.
0: And I have to give Blizzard credit because this could be done very poorly um, in terms of like actual in-game representation, because a lot of times when you'll have characters or or shows or games or whatever, and they might be different for whatever reason from what people might consider the norm. All too often they'll kind of boil that character down to be like the absolute most stereotypical representation of that person, um, which is, honestly kind of offensive um and and you don't see that in overwatch you don't see tracer making constant remarks about like oh that girl's really hot or something stupid like that um it's just the way they are they behave as anyone else would um and, and you might see hints of of whatever particular difference they may have, but it's not the entirety of their character. And I have to say that that Blizzard does very tastefully um, introduce kind of those differences into the game without making it way overblown or, or really offensive in terms of how they make that character defined only by that difference. I think they do a good job at that.
1: I suspect that's a big reason why um, none of these things were revealed along with the characters initially. Um, they didn't, you know, introduce Tracer as a lesbian character. They didn't introduce Symmetra as an autistic character. They introduced Tracer and Symmetra, and then at a later date said, "Oh, by the way, this character also is."
0: Yeah, and I think that helps people swallow it. If they're not okay with that, they can they can kind of deal with it a little bit easier because they see that person as. You know they're behaving as anyone else would, and then they they obviously the, the this difference comes out. And they go, oh, I see. Uh, a good example would be obviously Dumbledore from the Harry Potter series, where we got through all seven books and a lot of the movies, and then uh, J.K. Rowling came out and said, oh yeah, by the way, Dumbledore is gay, um, and none of you realized it because. You know, he's that's the way she always envisioned him, and he acted as you would expect. Nothing seemed odd. And I think that that coming out after the fact, it kind of helps, you know, just go like, oh, well, okay, you know, it, it's it's easier for people who might otherwise be um, not as uh, receptive to that sort oh, of thing. Oh, there
1: were people who burned their Harry Potter books after that uh, came no, out. You yeah. trust me. Oh, I'm, was, I'm like, sure, yeah. Sure,
0: people sure. were upset. And then
2: find that thing, the kids, blah, 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 blah.
0: It's a book about witchcraft, and you're upset about the game? Come on. <laughs> okay, but yeah, I mean that's that's you know I just I, I had to give Blizzard credit for that because I think they do do it very tastefully. I think that the way they sometimes reveal them is a little over the top, but you know if it gets the intended results, then you know I, I can't really complain. I just I just don't want to be counter counterproductive in the way that they do deliver this this news. But this is a pretty cool one. I, I like that it came from uh, a player interaction. He actually got a letter back confirming all of this. That was pretty neat. Yeah, as long as they don't have political views in the next patch, I'm okay. That is that is one thing that I, I detest in gaming. I play games to get away from my reality and having to listen to political shit inside games or even in-game in discussion, uh, it's like instantly I'm like, no, no, just shut up. I don't want to hear it. You know, <laughs> Even if you agree with me, I don't want to even get into the discussion because it, it ruins all that makes it good. So hopefully they'll stay away from that. But uh, yeah. So speaking of game developers, uh, we've spoken on this a couple times and there was that lawsuit between uh, ZeniMax and Oculus. Um, Over kind of a violation of NDA and that Oculus stole a proprietary tool from ZeniMax to produce the Oculus Rift. And that was settled in a a $500 million uh, lawsuit, which is obviously undergoing uh, appeals and and all that fun stuff. Uh, But interestingly enough, so John Carmack, and if you're familiar with the Doom series at all, you'll you'll definitely know this name. So John Carmack was the co-founder of id Software back in the day. And uh, id Software produced uh, Doom and was uh, later purchased by ZeniMax. So there was some dispute um, between Carmack and ZeniMax after the purchase regarding the Oculus, and Carmack decided to leave the company and join with Oculus. And this this was kind of tied in with what eventually spurred all this controversy. So uh, at, at, as it is now, ZeniMax owns its Software, and John Carmack is working for Oculus as their CTO, their chief Techno- technology officer. Um, and so after all of this happened with the lawsuit, Carmack is now actually countersuing Cinemax for $22.5 million, basically saying that uh, they failed to make their final payment when they purchased his software from him back in 2009, saying that they they never paid me for this, for this final payment. They owe me $22.5 million. Um, and I want it now since, you know, <laughs> if they're going to be, you know, assholes about this, then, then you know, I, I want to be paid. So, that's currently ongoing um again it's it's kind of pretty recent no no details on, on how that's actually playing out but the official court documents have been filed and you know uh, John Carmack is now suing Cinemax for for that amount of money. So uh, again, <laughs> this this whole mess is is kind of spiraling into an interesting firestorm. But uh, uh, well, again, we'll, we'll kind of continue to fall. This one, I think it's pretty interesting. I'm a big fan of id Software and, and what they've done. So uh, it's it's interesting to see them kind of uh, caught up in all of this and in all of the stuff with the uh, Oculus Rift. So moving along to kind of what's happening with with two games that often get kind of compared with one another, and and I've had. Equally bitter responses to both of them. Uh, the first one is the division. So, uh, division. They kind of had their recent uh, state of the game, where the developers sit down. and They kind of do a live letter to the players regarding um, upcoming features and whatnot. And so, they're they they were kind of rolling out what their their big plan for the expansions for for year two are. And uh, it was interesting to say the least. Um, there are two "quote unquote" expansions coming out. They will be free to all players. You don't have to purchase these, um, and they're going to be kind of coming out over the next the next uh, twelve months or so. Uh, in the first of which is um, basically bringing uh, loadouts. This is a, a feature that players of the division have been asking for for quite a while. Um, It's a game that has very strong RPG elements, and you kind of have a role you go into, and sometimes you want to switch roles, but unfortunately, it's a real pain in the ass to do that. you got to swap out all your guns. Sometimes you're switching out mods on the guns. Um your gear is usually changing. The stuff you slot into your gear is changing. Um and it's it takes a very long time to do it. And it wasn't very easy. So they're adding loadouts where basically you can save a number of presets and switch in the fly, just you know, remove everything and put the, the new stuff on. And it's gonna make it a bit easier. So that's that's a pretty good quality of life change. Uh probably should have been there from the start. Um it's it's kind of a common thing if you have an RPG, if you've ever played an MMO, you know that there's all these gear sets that you can swap to. Uh, the fact that it took them over a year to get here is a little frustrating. Um, they're also adding something called Feats, which are basically kind of short, mid, and long-term achievements. Uh, just things you do in-game. They they were kind of played up with some you know, fancy language, but more or less they're achievements that you'll unlock special gear, mostly cosmetics, emote stuff like that. Um, and it, it's more of kind of a way to you know, give players something to work towards over a long period of time. Uh, They're also kind of bringing up something that I would equate to seasons kind of like in Diablo if you ever played the seasons in Diablo where you uh, are playing you know a kind of a character it kind of typically restarts like you know a couple times a year and then you kind of have this race to the finish where you level up the character and try to complete as much as you can and you have kind of a score at the end and it's kind of a competitive leaderboard sort of thing you weren't competing against each other directly per se but it's more of kind of a progression sort of deal uh, and so that's kind of what they've outlined for the, the there's there's more to come obviously they only in out some things but that's kind of part of the the next two expansions that are coming out this year my issue though is that players have been basically asking since the game came out when are you going to get us more story content Um, the division is actually a it's kind of an interesting story, and albeit kind of short, I've always wanted and a lot of players have always wanted more story content. And the developers in this this uh, live letter were kind of like, oh, yeah, apparently we heard people want more story. We're not doing that. We're just doing this stuff um which was which is kind of um kind of irritating honestly uh you know i, I don't mind paying for for dlc and i think it's great that they offer it for free but it seemed like they were pretty much saying like yeah well I like, we know you want that but you know it's kind of a ccb thing you want a b and c what we really think you're gonna like d so that's what you're getting um and and that's that's kind of frustrating uh Honestly, I feel like if you kind of look at the size of, of Massive and, and what they have for in terms of development team, I don't believe for a second that all of them or even a large portion of them are actually working on this content. I, I don't think that's the case. I think that this is basically we're going to have you reuse a lot of the existing content. We're going to add some semi-interesting layers onto it. And we're really actually working on the next game in the series, Division 2, whatever they may call it. Um, and I think this kind of goes back to what Bate was saying about No Man's Sky. I wish they would just come out and say that if that's the case. Come out and say, hey, listen, we need more time to work on the next game. We're going to offer you this stuff. We know it's not exactly what you wanted, but it'll you know, hopefully kind of keep you busy for the time being. And then expect you know more news on you know, the next game with more story and more stuff and, and whatever in the, you know, mid to far future, whatever, just be honest about it. And I think that's kind of irking me the most. It's like, if you're just biding time, just say it, you know, like people will understand that game development takes a long time. Sometimes don't try to play it off as like, Hey, we're giving you two free expansions because, you know, we're, we're great guys and we want to give you free stuff when it's it's really really light content i mean division dlc the even the paid dlc has been really really light on content um up until this point and and to go like hey but it's free and basically have the same level of of kind of piss poor content is is kind of irritating so uh not too happy about what's going on with the division and it's certainly not going to encourage me to come back and play what are your thoughts, Levy? Do you think uh, you think you'll be interested in picking up Division Two, or are you kind of done with with all of this mess? I'm
2: done. <laughs> there
0: you go. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm I'm not I'm not too happy with with the way that they've supported this uh, over the course of the year. It's been it's been pretty pretty sad, especially since the game was actually what like, if not the one of the most. Highest-grossing releases like ever. Um, It it did extremely well on launch, and and it just fell flat. And it's like, guys, what the hell? Like, if you made all the money, you think you could, you know, support this a bit better? So, you know, it's I don't know. I'm I'm not I'm not feeling it uh, with with the division. Just don't buy another uh, Ubisoft game, then. (laughs) I mean, Uh, they they have history. every Every once in a while, every once in a while they get a good one but yeah i'm 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 growing quite frustrated with the formula that they seem so attached to, but it never seemed to improve or they they'll tweak it and give it a new skin, but it's, it's still the same damn shit every time yeah um but yeah, so there's another game that 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 rolled out its kind of plans for this would be year three for them is of course destiny uh destiny is obviously uh you know a, a pretty hot point of, of contention over the last couple of years i i do not play it anymore um just because again I, I kind of got tired of the same old same old and i i've voiced my concerns with the way the game is designed many times so i won't get into that but what they did oh excuse me what they did is sit down and discuss uh their plans for year three and they were a little more forthcoming with kind of the, the purpose that they were they were talking about here and were a little more straightforward with it. Basically, there is a new live event coming called the Age of Triumph. And it's kind of a wrap up to everything that's come before this. Uh, and they, they, they flat out said this is the last live event we're doing before Destiny 2, which is releasing uh, this year in 2017. Uh, I probably expect to see a pretty big reveal trailer for that at e3 but for now it's it's just destiny 2 that's we're working on it, that's our main focus this is going to be the last thing we're doing for destiny 1 in terms of adding more content uh, and so some of the stuff they're doing is they are raising the light level for all of the raids up to the current max light level or at least near the max light level so kind of scaling the difficulty up to make the old content relevant i don't know why the hell they didn't do this in the first place but there you have it. So if you want to go play uh, Vault of Glass, you can now do Vault of Glass at the higher light level, and it'll be actually challenging for, um, you know, current level gear and stuff like that. You can't just breeze through it. Um, they are going to add ornamental armor to all of the raids, so you ask them to work towards. You can clear the raid. You can get some cool-looking armor. Um, you know, it's, it's probably the same level as what you have now. Um, they are not raising the light level at all, so max level cap is where it's going to be that's not going up. So this stuff that you're getting is purely for cosmetics. Um, And they did mention something about they're kind of adding some modifiers and stuff to the raids. I mean, your typical fanfare for, for old content of, you know, it might be a little bit different each week or month or whatever. And so you can go in and it's different tactics you'll have to try to try to you know deal with the modifier that sort of thing and this is a, a thing we've seen with a lot of destiny content with like the weekly raids and the nightfall um you kind of get a randomized modifier on top of it that's going to you know change up how you play your loadout might change a bit the way you you deal with things might change a bit um again really light on content but at least they are being a little more forthcoming by saying like yeah it is what it is because we're busy working in something else so props to them for that uh This is actually launching on March 28th. For those of you who are still playing Destiny or want to give it a shot, uh, there is a new record book you can work on, which I imagine is a bit like the year one thing where you have to complete a series of tasks to kind of unlock an end of end of the year um, reward, they say that even if you have caught up entirely on all of the stuff um, up until this point, you've completed everything, you're only going to be halfway done through that record book. So again, lots of stuff you can work towards, Uh, not really sure what the end reward is going to be, but if again, if you're still playing, enjoy the content, this will have something you can kind of work on to kind of give yourself a sense of progress uh they did confirm that destiny 1 will stay online for the foreseeable future so it's not like it's going to shut down once destiny 2 launches or anytime soon after so if you are playing on you know ps3 still for some reason you don't have to worry about it going offline um, when destiny 2 comes out so that's good to know Uh, they did confirm however that you can transfer your character's appearance to destiny 2 from destiny 1 however all of your experience and your gear will not transfer so uh this is something I'm kind of glad about because I kind of stopped playing after the Taking King I didn't keep up with the Rise of Iron and all the other stuff uh just cuz I didn't care for the gameplay anymore I would like to give destiny 2 a shot, and i didn't want to feel like i would be screwed if i wasn't caught up with all the most recent gear so uh for me personally a clean reset's actually a really good thing it's probably going to not be a great thing for a lot of people who have ground out like you know mid-maxing all of their gear but you know I, I think this was an issue that needed to be handled and this is probably the best way to handle it just for the nature of how everything is working especially if they massively change how the game is structured and whatnot so this is probably best in the long run, in my opinion. But yeah, that's that's kind of the the scoop for what's going on with Destiny: Age of Triumph. Uh, again, that's March 28th. If you're interested in picking that up, or if you are currently playing, give it a shot. Uh, let us know if it's any good. Again, they they kind of admitted it's it's light content. It's just kind of. Same thing, a little bit different, but, you know, that's what you got because we're working on the next game. Uh, Good news is that you do know that Destiny 2 is coming out this year in 2017. I imagine it will probably land on the same or very close to the release date of Destiny 1, so kind of September-October area. Uh, So not too far away, you know, six, eight months. So we we should be in good shape if you're looking forward to that. All All right, so... Bait, my man. So we, we talked a bit about, we talked about this last week. Um, Bait and I are going to kind of try out the freebie games on Xbox and PS4 um, and kind of give short reviews. So Bait uh, played a game called Layers of Fear, right?
2: Yes, I did. Uh, so Layers of Fear is a – it was as uh, pokey uh, kind of set up just a second ago. is one of the free games uh, this month on uh, on Xbox. And what it is is, uh, basically you're a painter. It's it's a horror game, uh, and you're this painter, and you're you're going through your house, uh, trying to create or trying to finish your 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 masterpiece, uh, your your last hoorah in, in the painting world, and and you're going through, your your you're tripping balls the entire time, dude. It's crazy. And you're you're going around and you're you're collecting things like uh, uh human skin is one of them uh crushed up bone uh vials of blood I think um it, trying to set the the this kind of creepy tone and it does it really does it's a creepy game, but it wasn't scary, and they tried to make it scary by adding jump scare, jump scare after jump scare after jump scare after jump scare and it's like okay guys i am gonna open a fucking door there's gonna be there's gonna be jump scare there whoop the oh my god so scared and i think after about the fourth fucking door i opened with the fourth fucking jump scare i got i got tired of the game it got really annoying uh being being so so predictable right now with with, with all that said it was it was entertaining in the fact there was so much to look at, like on the walls. The walls of your uh, of your uh, your your house are just covered in in paintings, and there's all kinds of really collectibles to find. Uh, there are these these drawings of I think they're rats that that are littered all throughout the house. And they're 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 just interesting to look at. Uh, as far as I know, there's no there's no quote unquote story like value that they have. But like I said, they're they're fun to look at it's they're just nice um there's like two controls for the for the game you walk forward and you open it. and that's really all you need to do throughout the entire game. it's more like a like a movie i guess like an inner movie but like one of those interactive uh novels like this where you you're just there for the for the ride uh, and and to get to the end and uh yeah that that's that's layers of fear there were some puzzles, uh, which were, were kind of interesting, I guess. Um, apparently, and I hadn't played the, the PT demo to to know this, but I guess there was a scene or there was a section about halfway through, through Layers of Fear that was ripped straight from the, the PT demo. Have you played
0: that, Pokey? I unfortunately did not get a chance to play PT. It was taken down before I could hop on that that family, but i have seen videos and that that should just be like i i wanted to play that game because i know yeah. I'd, I'd be scared shitless oh yeah um
2: yeah i'll, I'll try to describe the, the scene then since i don't think anybody else here is just played like the pt demo but i i guess in the in the pt demo there's a or there was a a section where you ran or, or you walked around in, in in a circle and there was there's a desk uh, on either on at least two sides of, of a of the square. You made a little square as you walk. And then, then there was a phone and you're on what appears to be a second level or something. And the phone f- like flies up from the from the uh, from the bottom floor and it's it's supposed to be a junk And It's like, oh fuck the phone, where'd the phone come from? So scary. And you're just constantly walking around and I guess I was I was watching an angry Joe review for the for the game. Pokey recommended I watch. It was very entertaining, by the way. Um, but ha- having never played the the PT demo, I'm gonna have to take his word for it. And I have no reason to doubt him. Uh, that little bit is is ripped up straight from the PT demo. Uh, that scene in Layers of Fear I just described. So that it kind of it, it, knowing that kind of made me think that. Oh, I wonder what else was was ripped from the uh, from you know other horror games or horror movies that they just like. Copied and pasted, I guess, if if that makes sense into into their game.
0: Yeah, and I've also heard that you can't actually lose layers of fear. Like there's you can't actually die, it's just jump scares. Yeah, I've heard you can't actually lose the game. So like you realize after a while that you can't screw up and die, which completely removes any <laughs> sense of threat because it's like uh, nothing I do is gonna end the game, so I'll just keep going. You know, it totally ruins the immersion. Huh. Yeah, because there were a couple of a couple of times, especially right there early on. Like you walk
2: in the kitchen and some fucking knives come flying at you, and it just barely missed me. I'm like, oh god damn! I got really lucky. I could have died there, but I guess if you can't die, I didn't get lucky.
0: Yeah, I just I, played I the
2: fucking game.
0: Yeah, I haven't played it, so huh. I mean, I could be blowing smoke on my ass in this one. But I, I've heard from a couple sources that you you can't actually lose the game. So after you realize that, it's like, oh well whatever you know obviously if you, if you got through without realizing that then then that's good you know it, it probably wouldn't yeah. in your experience but yeah i was also reading somewhere the game has multiple endings which i had
2: no idea i just finished my made my fucking masterpiece and it's like oh okay that's the end of the game but you know having multiple endings i i wouldn't play the game again to to get another you know to see what the other paintings are just if it really bothers me that much, or I have to know, um, but yeah. So I mean that that's kind of cool. If if that's your thing, um, it, it just wasn't it wasn't scary. Now compared to Outlast, those free a couple of months ago, man, that game was fucking scary, dude. But this game, nah. Oh it's... man,
0: yeah, I, I tried Outlast too. I was like, nope, I'm not that doing game, that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, something that I do want to do. Um... I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm currently playing Bloodborne. And I want to finish that, but I'm gonna buy uh, Resident Evil Seven, and we'll we'll stream that in, in in bits, and you can you can see how well I fare. Um, Libby's looking forward to to watching me freak the fuck out. So that that'll be a good one for, so some entertainment. I, I think you were streaming. Were you streaming layers? If you're bait. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You can follow me on nice. Twitch. Uh,
2: if you want to see me stream, I stream every now and then. Um, but yeah, it. It was free, so I guess I can't really complain. It's worth at least a playthrough. Like I said, it is creepy. It is really trippy. I enjoy that. But scary? No, no, not at all.
0: All right. Sounds pretty good, man. So that's Layers of Fear, and that's available on Xbox for the month of March. Is that correct? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, Mark. All right, cool. Uh, so yeah, so another thing that I'll, I'll probably do one of these for next week for, uh, for PlayStation. I wanted to go over real quick the free games that are available if you're a PlayStation Plus member. Uh, so uh, quite a few actually uh, pretty good spread so tearaway unfolded um, for ps4 this is actually a game that was made for playstation Vita initially by medium molecule that's the company that makes uh, little big planet and it's kind of a similar art style where it's kind of everything is made out of Bits of paper all torn up, and um, this is kind of a PS4 remake of that, so it's higher higher quality. Um, added some new features, uh, really kind of cute paper craft stuff. I'll probably give that one a shot this week and, and kind of see how it feels. Uh, big fan of Little Big Planet. I think it's a it's a pretty good series, and I, I do like Mini Molecules work. Uh, also, there is Disc Jam for PS4, uh, Lumo, which is available for PS4 and PlayStation Vita. Severed for PS Vita. Uh, Earth Defense Force 2025 for PS3 and Under Night at Birth for PS3. So I'll probably be covering the PlayStation 4 ones just because that's probably what uh, if if you do have a PlayStation platform, that's probably what you're playing on. Uh, No one has a Vita except for me. So (laughs) it's probably not worth reviewing those, but we'll we'll do some of the PS4 ones and I'll I'll give you my thoughts uh, next week. And and I'll probably alternate going back and forth uh, from now on. So that'll probably be some good stuff.
2: Hey quick question those PS3 titles that are on there are those uh, combat, uh, compatible with the, with the, the PS4 because I know on Xbox when when they have the 360 games. They always make sure that those 360 games are backwards compatible with the with the Xbox 1. Is that the same on the uh, on the PlayStation?
0: Some titles have that. They kind of have this okay. thing where it's like a it's like a dual buy thing where if you buy the game you get it for both PS3 and PS4. Okay. Um and they, they usually list that out. I didn't specifically look that up on both of these, but they were listed on the PlayStation blog as PS3 specifically. So since it didn't list PS4, I'm going to guess that they're not supported on PS4. Um but yeah, that that does sometimes pop up, but I don't think it's all included. Inclusive for, for every title they release uh, in that way. Okay. Alrighty. Well, I think that's all we've got. Is there any other small topics you guys want to touch on real quick before we bring this one in for a close? Did we talk about the Fast and Furious trailer? Ooh, we did not. That's a good point. Oh, God, I'm so God. sick of those movies. Do, do we have out, to dude. talk no. about the Fast and well, Furious uh, trailer? Let Let they do it. Go ahead, man. Stop making those movies. That's all <laughs> I got to say. Like,
2: there. In my opinion, there hasn't been a good Fast and Furious movie since. Tokyo Drift was that maybe the second or the third one? All the rest of them, man. But it's he's like, evil yeah. now. I know. about so, the family, man. Shut oh, the fuck up. Oh
0: god, and the muscles.
2: Yeah, my, my exactly. eyes
0: rolled out of my head and across the movie theater floor when I saw that one. I was like, oh god. Yeah. Stop, <laughs> guys. I've actually read that they're con- contractually obligated to keep making those movies as long as Transformers <laughs> keeps making <laughs> movies. <I've> been- <laughs>
2: It's like they're they're competing to see who can make the most like shittiest action movie. Well,
0: well Fast and, and Furious had gonna a good
2: start. Fast and Furious for Transformer cars. Come
1: on. Oh, oh, no. oh, my, oh my god.
2: I would actually <laughs> watch that I I would, I would watch, for, I, even, I, I would I, watch I, the first one. I wouldn't keep watching, you know, seven <laughs> movies later.
1: I had actually heard a rumor that at at some point there was there was some intention to um Merge the Transformers franchise with the uh, GI Joe franchise because they're both, you know, toys. Pretty
0: cool. This that sounds da- like a this sounds like a Netflix knockoff movie version <laughs> of something. <laughs> I I I don't know how legit this
1: was, but I did hear that that was allegedly a thing at one point. Um, that was considered was was combining those two franchises.
0: I would I would not Thanks. doubt it.
1: And it wouldn't, it wouldn't not fit for either franchise. Both of them are ridiculous enough to make it work. It's just, <laughs> it, well, work is a relative term, I suppose. Well, it might as
2: well live action, right? I mean, oh, I'm sure.
1: Of course. I mean, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. You've you've seen the GI Joe movies, right? There's two of them.
2: Three of them. They're all equally bad. Were there,
1: were there three? I thought there were only two. I only yeah, saw the
2: first one. First one was it? Retali. They all have stupid titles. Retaliation. Renegade. No,
1: no. Right? That was retaliation. Was the second one? What
2: was the second one? There's, I swear to God, there's a third one. It has a stupid R name as well. So I'm Google. I'm gonna look yeah, this three. up. It's um.
0: There's there's just two. no. There are You there's serious? There's the rise of
1: Cobra and retaliation.
0: Oh oh, and, but the, the oh. wiki says there's a GI Joe three in the in yeah, the works. Yeah, 2018 guys. Oh okay, my Red... god. Oh <laughs> and wait course... wait wait
1: wait. The Wikipedia page actually does confirm what I said, which is that. A third film in the series has been confirmed to be in early development while a possible crossover with the Transformers franchise is being considered.
0: Oh. God help us all. <laughs> i might have to see that just because it'll be so bad. It'll be... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> All right, I, th- I think that's enough for this week. Um, uh, again, thank you everyone for tuning in with us. Uh, again, if you have any uh, topics you want to cover, I, I got a couple last week um, that just kind of went in the queue, but we'll touch on those in the next couple next few weeks or so. Any topics you want us to cover? If you want us if you want to be on the show, let us know. Uh, all of our contact information is on the website at biomass.net or biomass.com. Both will work. Uh, And yeah, just let us know. We're more than happy to have you. So again, thanks for tuning in and have a great night.